Thank you very much, Vanessa Carroll. All right. How are you all doing tonight? Amen. Amen. All right. So we'll continue with reflection. So shall we take some reflection from last week, please? Dr. Pauline, I'll give my reflection. Great. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. So from last week's reflection, I learned that to be upright, it means to be... Uh, can you speak a little louder, please? Yes. So from last week, Tuesday's Bible study, I learned that to be upright, it means to be honest and faithful. And that's who Joseph was. He was an honest person and he was faithful unto God. And because of Joseph's faithfulness unto God, he was able to keep and inherit the blessings of Abraham. And I learned that when you are faithful unto God, God will show you things, but we have to continuously seek wisdom so that just shows or proves that we have to, in order to gain more from God, we have to like seek godly counsel. We have to go into the word for ourselves so that we can learn spiritually. And also I learned that we went over interpretation and interpretation is a gift of God and Ju and Joseph had the gift of interpretation. And also we spoke about dreams and I learned that numbers are truly important. So it's very important that say if with if in a dream there's a certain date, we should go back to God and ask like, Lord, what is this date like pertaining to? Like, what is this date about? What is going to happen on this date? Or even if it's a phone number that in a dream, you may see a phone number call you. You may never know, like somebody may call you from that certain number stating certain news. So it's just very important to keep an eye out on symbolic numbers and also... I am going to, <laughs> um, also I learned that it is very important that overall during this time, especially for somebody who is aiming to be upright and faithful unto God, it's important to examine yourself, you know, because through this time, there will be disagreements, there will be trials, but it is how you pick yourself up from those trials and continue continue on your walk with Christ. And that's what I learned. Amen. Amen. Shall we clap Amen. for people? Yeah. Who else? Who else is there? Okay. I will, um, go ahead. No, you could go ahead. No, Felicia, go ahead. Okay. Um, I learned a little bit last week. I learned that Joseph had a dream 
Um, but she said he didn't understand the dream. And he had some few revelations, few things was revealed to him. But in his dream, he didn't really understand it. He did not know what was, he didn't know that the dream that he had was going to be manifested into his life. Also, you said Farah also had a dream. And um, Farah was looking for someone to interpret his dream, but the magicians, the spiritualists, no one could have interpret the dream that Pharaoh had. So you also said that because um, you said two of Pharaoh's officials was sent to jail and they were in the same place where Joseph was. And you mentioned this name, I think the Fortifar. Yeah, Potiphar, yeah, correct. That um, Potiphar wife, he mm. tried to um, do something sexual to Joseph, <laughs> rape him or something. Mm -hmm. But um, when Potiphar found out, he did not try to ask to find out what happened or anything. But because God had a purpose for Joseph and um, it was part of Joseph's destination, he was sent to jail, right? Mm. And in that case, Fortify, he didn't look into the situation or anything. He was upset and he locked up Joseph. You asked the question, you said, why was Joseph sold into slavery? And the answer was because of hatred from his brothers. You also explained that um, hatred is not, always bad and it's not always come to hurt you it is also like um, preparation for your destiny and uh, when people hate you you must turn to God in prayer you also told us that we should look into how to put our dreams together so that we can understand the manifestation of the dream you also gave us a uh, you also narrated us a story about a young boy. And you said the young boy had a dream that on a certain day, his father was going to divorce his mom. You said that the father was a minister and the mom was, um, I believe, an associate minister. Yeah. You said when the boy wake up out of the dream, he was crying to his parents, asking. So the parents asked him, why was he crying? So he told the parents that he had a dream where his father was to divorce his mom on a certain day. And when the father find out and the mom, instead of their going to prayer, they kind of rejected the revelation and like they didn't accept it. They didn't do anything about it. And you said it like they didn't go to God or ask God the meaning of the dream. They just kind of rejected the um, revelation that the young boy told them. So eventually on that date, on that certain date, the father passed on. Then the mother remembered the young boy dream on that particular um, date. And um, you also said that the boy parents travel the world, busy prophesying to people, interpreting other people's dreams and like um, interpreting to other people about certain things, ministering to them. But this one dream, they didn't get a revelation or interpretation, interpretation of it. So you also said that the interpretation is a gift on its own. 
and it doesn't come with everything and we must ask for that gift. And um, Joseph had a gift of interpretation. 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 <laughs> interpretation. Thank you. And not even his father or his <laughs> grandfather could have interpreted. So interpretation is a gift on its own. And we must add so we can know our dreams. Also, um, back to Pharaoh's dream, he said when the spiritualist couldn't interpret the dream, Joseph had interpret his dream for Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was amazed by Joseph's interpretation. Don't worry, I'll practice the word. And his dream, Joseph interpreted it for him. And um, he asks, like, what manner of man is this? Can we find anyone like this man with God's spirit? And also, I believe you said Joseph had a dream at 15 years old and at 30 years old, it manifested. I'm not sure. But um, I'll stop right there. Shall we all right, thank you, Sister Felicia. <laughs> Who, else? <laughs> Who else? All right, so I, I'll just add a few things. Um, uh, you mentioned that um, sometimes a place looks glittery and there is no success in it, and sometimes a place looks dull and boring and there is success in it so when we have our dreams we must be mindful that um if the dream is not very glamorous and glittery we should not reject it because it is not what we like because by doing that we might very well be rejecting that which will point us to our destiny. So if the dream doesn't look all glittery and glamorous and exciting as what we think we want, we should not reject it because it doesn't seem to be what we want because that might be the very thing that will um, lead us into our destiny. Um, Joseph's brothers, they hated him. His dreams weren't very glamorous, but his brothers still hated him for it. And as a result, they sold him into slavery. But the, the fact that they sold him into slavery led to his elevation in life. The um, Joseph Joseph rise to power did not come just because he was good, but because he went through the challenges of life. Uh, Joseph was cast into prison, and it was in prison that his gift was manifested. That was where God needed Joseph to be, and that is where God used his gifts to perform righteousness. So sometimes God is going to want to use our gifts 
in certain circumstances in the way he utilized Joseph, Joseph's gifts for righteousness while he was in prison. You also mentioned that some people have very great testimonies, but they do not share those testimonies and they do not use it to positively impact the lives of others. And um, we need to be mindful not to reject certain assignments because um, some of us, um, when we come into the ministry, um, if we are not given the assignment we want, then um, we might reject that which we are being given, but it could result in us losing our destiny. So we should not reject the assignments that we are given because it is not as glamorous as what we we want or the assignment that we want to do because the assignment that we receive will be a stepping stone to us achieving our destiny. So we might start at a lower level, but we will we somewhere along the line we might be elevated. But if we reject it all in all, then we, we might not uh fulfill our destiny. Amen. 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 Shall we clap for Sister <laughs> Sister Carol? Amen. Thank you Amen. very much. Uh, all those who give reflection, Sister Coco, uh, Sister Felicia, and Minister Roslyn. God bless you. Amen. Has anybody anything to say before we continue? All right. Okay, so tonight is another night and as usual, we will do our confession. Welcome to the Garden of Wisdom for the Gathering of Wisdom Bible Studies. The Garden of Wisdom is a place where we discover and dig out the knowledge that leads and directs us on the path of righteousness to fulfill our divine destiny. Please repeat after me. I am here in the Garden of Wisdom. I am, I am here in the Garden of Wisdom. To gather wisdom. To gather wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To receive instruction. To receive instruction. Direction. Direction and guidance, and, and guidance according to the plan and purpose, according, according to, to the plan and purpose that the Lord has predestined for my life. That the Lord, the Lord, Lord has predestined for our lives. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it all in Jesus' name. I receive all, all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So we continue where we stopped last week. Last week, we started looking at another era in the life of Joseph, where 
we are, because we are looking at interpretation of dreams. And in looking at interpretation of dreams, it means we are looking at the dream itself, and we are also looking at how the dream was manifested. In order for us to understand a dream, we need to go into the roots of the matter. One, the major points we see in a dream may be something that we have knowledge of or something that we are not aware of. So one thing we must do with our dreams is, like I said, it's always good to write down your dreams. After you've written down your dreams, look at familiarity in the dreams. And uh, we are going to be looking at some familiarities with, with Joseph's dreams that did not occur to Jacob. Abraham, who originally re 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 received the, uh, the, the promise from God, was dead and gone. And Isaac, who received the first, uh, the second hand information from his father, was also dead and gone. So now is a second generation, which is Jacob's generation. Jacob is one of the twins, sons of Isaac. And Jacob will now face the reality of the revelation God has given to Abraham. He wasn't going to experience everything, but there was a part of it that he was going to experience. But the main experience will also spring forth out of the third generation. That is why we must watch the third generation of every family. When we talk of third generation, the third generation from your mother or from your father or from the grandparents that you know. So usually you go as far as the grandparents that you know, okay? Because you cannot uh, deal with those you don't know. And so the immediate grandparent that you know, look at their story, ask questions about them. Who are my grandparents? What work were they doing? Where were they living? What kind of people were they? Were they Christians? What kind of church were they going? What kind of belief system do they have? Were they wealthy? What kind of business were they doing? What kind of money did they have? What kind of you know, people were they relating to? All these are plots to our destiny. Because if your grandfather, assuming your grandfather is Abraham, now you are living in a season where you are coming across different challenges and difficulties. And to your mind or to the knowledge you have, you having told some few stories about your grandfather, Abraham, that your grandfather, Abraham, was about maybe the, the seventh or 
the seventh or ninth generation of Noah. So if Abraham is the seventh or ninth generation of Noah, uh, Noah had three sons, all right? The daughters were not mentioned, but had three sons. And Abraham is the great, great, great grandchild of, of Shem, okay? Now, who was Shem? Okay, we already know that Noah feared the Lord. He was a just man and... Uh, uh, he was also a prophet and evangelist of the Lord. The Lord spoke through him to the people and the Lord used him to warn the people against uh, the destruction of the world because there was a high level of sexual perversion in the world. There was a high level of unfaithfulness, dishonesty, insincerity, the fear of God was lacking in his generation. And God promised him that if only he will walk with God and continue to preach the message of evangelism, the message of salvation, he, God, is going to deliver him. So the Lord told him to build an ark that it was in, in that ark that he would find refuge while God was going to destroy the whole world. All right. Now, after 40 days, Abraham came out of the, 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 the ark, all right, with his three sons. They didn't die in the ark. And uh, one of the sons, Shem, decided to serve the God that his father saved decided to walk in the path of the God that his great-grandfather Shem said. Are you getting me? And uh, there are things that I would say a little bit about Shem. It's already in one of the book, Freedom One. Okay, if you read Freedom One, you will see what I'm talking about. Now, uh, Shem had the school of the prophets and evangelism where he was teaching about faith in God, belief in God. He was teaching righteousness. So uh, according to historical factors, Abraham once attended uh, uh, Shem's School of the Prophets and Evangelism. So he learned about God. He knew the law through his great-grandfather, Shen, and he was involved with sharing the word of God and reminding people about God in his days. So uh, Abraham knew the Lord by the virtue of the fact that there was still the presence of God on earth. Uh, next time, I will give you other details regarding that. But I want you to know that like us now, I am encouraging people and saying that, be part of reflection, share something, listen, take a note, write dates on the days. Today is 
10th, uh, 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 10th of May, we are discussing interpretation. It's good for you to write down the dates and write some, some, some of the plottings that I am explaining. A time will come, you will need this to fight the enemy. You will need this to defend yourself. You will need this information to encourage yourself that um, among the children of, Shem, of, of Abraham was Shem, and Shem carried on the faith of Abraham. All of them did not, but Shem carried on the faith of Abraham. And in the process, Shem started the school where he taught people the word of God, the belief in God, the faith that his father had in God, and the sharing of the gospel, because uh, then it wasn't called gospel, but it was called the, the message of righteousness. Noah preached the message of righteousness, all right? And, uh, uh, and his son Shem carried it forward, all right? And that is legacy, inherited legacy, all right? And that is why in Overcomer's House, we are teaching everybody to be a part of Overcomer's House legacy. That one day you, your son, your daughter, your grandchild may be carrying this teaching along to let the world know that the Lord has called us in Overcomer's House to share the message of righteousness, to advance the kingdom of righteousness. So this is the core of Abraham, that Abraham inherited the message of evangelism, the message of the fear of God from Shem, his great grandfather, who was, this, who was also the son of Noah, all right? So uh, uh, there were a lot of things that happened along the line, but this is the core of it that Abraham inherited the word of God from Shem. And he had an idea of, uh, he, he had a relationship with Shem before Shem passed on, okay? In those days, they lived hundreds and hundreds of years. I cannot tell you now how many years Shem lived, but one thing is Abraham was really connected to Shem, all right? Now, so uh, in the promise that God was giving to Abraham, Abraham was now to inherit the promise of salvation that God had given in the Garden of Eden when the serpent deceived Adam and Eve. Now, I want to say something. Anytime we are praying for you, and we mention the serpentine spirit. You need to take care of it. We, those who might have seen it, may not remember to come back to you. You have received the word. You need to follow up with the word. Don't expect me to be carrying, coming to you and asking you if you are following up. No. The way I am following up, with you is to continue to teach you so you can understand the fact that when we mention 
things like serpentine spirit, or we either we are praying for you, or we are praying generally, or we are on the prayer line and we mention serpentine spirit. I want you to take note of this. Now, serpentine spirit means that there is a high level deception in your life or in your environment or in your family or in your relationship. Sometimes you are very, very close to somebody. Maybe you don't have the serpentine spirit. Maybe your father does not have it. Maybe your mother does not have it. Maybe your, your, your immediate family do not have relationship with serpentine spirit. But guess what? You are relating to somebody who has serpentine spirit. It could be your closest friend. It could be your mother's friend. It could be a classmate. It could be even a member of the church where you are. The person could even be in Overcomer's house. I am not going to exempt us. I want everybody to learn from this. It could be a closest friend who is also a Christian, but the person does not know that there is a serpentine spirit in their lives, in their environment, in their father's house, in the relationship where they are involved in. Or, excuse me to say, sometimes we are relating to a minister who has a strong serpentine spirit in their lives and who believe in serpentine spirit or who consult a type of a serpentine spirit for prophetic unction, for revelation of some type, or they are also worshiping a kind of a serpentine spirit that empowers them to see, to hear, to prophesy, okay? And we will call that either a familiar spirit, depending on what it is, or a witchcraft spirit, depending on what level of operation, or a direct serpentine spirit, because there is a worship of serpent in their family in, or somewhere. It's not every minister out there that is clean. It's not every minister out there that understands spirituality. It's not every minister out there that understands the word of God. So what is serpentine spirit? Serpentine spirit means that there is somebody who is involved in a kind of spirituality that is connected to serpent. Now, the serpent is the spirit of Satan himself. Satan's spirit entered a snake, and the snake appeared to Adam and Eve and deceived them. And listen very carefully. When the spirit of Satan enters a snake, the snake is no longer an ordinary snake. It is a serpent. A serpent is a beast that is, is, is a fallen angel is carrying the powers of darkness. And a serpent can speak to you. So if you are dreaming of a serpent calling around you, speaking to you, showing you some beautiful colors and all that, 
I'm not going so much into details, but I'm giving you an idea because we are dealing with interpretation of dreams, interpretation of revelation, interpretation of visions and missions, but we are focusing on interpretation of dreams. So anytime you see a serpent in your dream or a snake in your dream, depending on what kind of snake it is, it is usually a serpent. If you hear a snake talking to you like a human being in your dream, it is a serpent. That is a snake that is possessed by the spirit of the devil to come and relate to you. And if any time you see yourself in a kind of a place where you see different kinds of beasts, especially crocodile, uh, snake, and uh, other reptiles, then know that there is a connection in your life with that with somebody involved in either your any of your parents, your family members, or a close friend, somebody you call your closest friend, somebody you love, somebody you cherish, but well, the person may be aware, the person may not be aware, the, the person may be conscious, the person may not be conscious, but if you are relating to somebody with a serpentine spirit, it could turn around and influence you yourself because birds of the same feathers flock together. So you need to be very careful and you need to be very attentive. So why I brought in that, the part of the serpent is that in the Garden of Eden, according to Genesis chapter three, after the Lord has given some specific instructions to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter two, all right? Verse 16, the serpent uh, Satan were laid then, all right? In that same general, uh, Genesis chapter two, God gave Adam power, authority, to give names to all the animals and beasts he has created. And the animals and the beasts respected Adam. They obeyed Adam. But there was one of them, the serpent, who decided to now turn around to be used by the devil. Or the devil decided to use the snake and make the snake an enmity, creates enemy between mankind and the snake. Today, mankind is afraid of the snake because the snake has become an entity of deception, all right? So anytime we see snakes in our revelation, there is a kind of deception because Satan used the serpent, the snake, to deceive mankind and lied, you see? And this is one particular area why I am bringing in the spirit of the snake as we are doing interpretation of dreams. I want to show you something in Genesis chapter three. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter three. 
verse one. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, has God said? So this is why you need to be careful. A lot of people seeking prophetic unction, prophetic I power. That's a pastor glory. One day I was so shame. Excuse me, please. <laughs> now, when people are seeking prophetic unction, they want to be powerful. They want to control other people. They want to influence other people. They want the word of their mouth to come to, to pass, all right? They will start seeking other powers. And one of the powers they seek is the serpent because the serpent is very, very cunning, is very, very deceptive. So when you start feeling the serpentine spirit around somebody, you need to be careful. Because listen, they want to prophesy. So the serpent wanted to prophesy, to speak with the voice of God, okay? To speak with the voice of authority and said to the woman, has God said, has God said? So it's not every time that somebody say, God says, the Holy Ghost said, that you should quickly bow down. Because the Bible is already telling us in Genesis chapter three, that the serpent appeared. So in your dreams, if you see a serpent in your dream, or you start feeling that there is a serpent around you, or you start feeling that, when, sometimes, you see, sometimes when I see some people, anyway, when I see people, whether on the train, in the bus, on the street, in a supermarket, and I just feel like I have seen a snake, or I just feel there is a snake around, I know that somebody who worships a snake or who possesses the serpentine spirit is around. Sometimes I need something. I'll run, I'll go into a store and I'll run out because I see the serpentine spirit, which means that the store owner bows to serpentine spirit to catch customers and to make money. Sometimes so I'm hungry and I refuse to eat or buy food somewhere because I feel the ruling, the authority of the serpentine spirit. Sometimes I am praying for somebody and the more I pray, the more I see the serpentine spirit. That means the person has a connection, a kind of a connection. The person may not be bowing. Sometimes I enter a church and I feel the serpentine spirit. It's not that the pastor is involved, but maybe a major person in the church or somebody in the music ministry is involved. So whenever you have a dream, you have a feeling about a serpent, you need to search the Bible 
What does the Bible say about the serpent? So Genesis chapter three makes it clear. Now the serpent was more subtle. Let me go to God's word version. The snake was more clever, okay? So people who have the snake spirits are very clever. They are very intelligent. They are very deceptive. They are very, very uh, whining. They, they don't answer questions. No, they don't. They don't answer questions. They, they, they are always pretending, very deceptive. And they don't like the Bible. They don't like Bible studies. That I will tell you. They like prayer, but they don't like Bible studies because Satan also likes prayer. Worshippers of Satan fast and pray. Witches and wizards fast and pray. But the word of God is their enemy. They will always attack you based on the word of God. They will always find faults with the word of God. They would always find something wrong with the, with the teaching of the word of God. This is how you start discovering who a witch is and who, a, who has a serpentine spirit. When people just want to uh, uh, pray, 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 and they don't want to come to Bible studies, who are they praying to? Who are they connected to? Who is influencing them? So watch your dreams. What kind of feeling do you have towards the word of God? What kind of feeling do you have towards the prophetic word or prophecies or always wanting prophecy? Every now and then you want prophecy. When you go to prayer meeting and there is no prophecy, then God didn't move. What God did not move, this is what you have to realize. So I am making interpretation very clear to you that. One of the ways you discover the serpentine spirit is that they always turn the word of God opposite. They will always reject the truth. They will turn the truth into lies. They will reverse the truth. That is one area of knowing how to interpret a serpentine spirit. Now, let's go back. If you have a question, write it down so that you don't forget to we'll come to that. I know a lot of people want to ask questions about the serpentine spirit, but write it down. Now, when, uh, so at that point in Genesis chapter three, as soon as God, uh, 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 as soon as the, uh, 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 sorry, as soon as man sinned, the Lord gave man a promise of salvation, all right? So the Lord started the, the journey of redemption for man from Genesis chapter, chapter three. Now, by the time we got to Genesis chapter six, we found out that God was no longer happy with mankind. Mankind has started to sin badly against God. Mankind has become unfaithful, dishonest, impure, always going after perversion. And God finds Noah to be honest. 
And so God made Noah a promise that if Noah would be faithful and preach the gospel, evangelize, he will be saved, him and his family. So Shem was one of the sons of Abraham or, or sons of Noah, and Shem carried the word of righteousness, the acts of righteousness, the teaching of righteousness continued with Shem till Abraham. All right. Now, God was speaking to Abraham, and God gave Abraham a promise. So this takes us to why Joseph was taken to Egypt. One more time, we cannot talk about Joseph being in Egypt without understanding how the case of Egypt came in, how Joseph ended up in a slavery. Sometimes God has given your father or your mother a promise. And the promise is about salvation, redemption, a greatness, prosperity, and all that. And you have children and God may be preparing, not even your immediate children, but your second or third generation of children to manifest that blessing. But somebody in your immediate family or you yourself may be the target. So Joseph was the target of the promise God gave to Abraham. And I want you to see this. Turn to uh, uh, Genesis chapter 15. First of all, to Genesis chapter 12. We are dealing with interpretation of dreams and the prophetic word that God has given to you, the revelation God has given to you. Because if you don't go to the root of the matter, you will never understand why is this problem in my life? Why have I fasted and prayed? And it's like God is not answering me. No, God has answered you, but you need to be prepared. Abraham was prepared from the generation of Noah. And so by the time Abraham was receiving the promise, listen to part of the promise. Genesis 12, 1, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your land, your relatives, and your father's home. Go to the land that I will show you. <laughs> Go to the land that I will show you. And that land is what you call the promised land, Israel today. But that land was not a free land. That land was in another land, the land of Canaan, which is known as the land of the Palestine today. Why will God be giving Abraham a promise? There are so many lands around the world. God created. Why couldn't God create another land and put Abraham there? 
Why is God going to give to Abraham a land that is already being occupied by the Canaanites? <laughs> what promise have you been given? What prayer are you praying? What is your expectation? I want you to understand that God knows why you are going through your challenges. God knows why you are going through the difficulty you are going through. But God wants you to be faithful, to be honest, to be sincere. He wants you to fear him, God. He wants you to learn to walk with him in your trials, in your challenges, in your difficulties. And the various temptations that are coming to you is a serpent appearing to you also, trying to deceive you not to believe God trying to deceive you not to understand the promises God has for you, trying to deceive you to run away from God, just like God pushed Adam and Eve out of the promise of the blessings that God gave to them. It could be your turn. Maybe you are the great one God is preparing to do something great for him. Maybe you are the one God is depending on. And so when you turn your back, when you refuse, when you refuse to go back to God and say, why am I going through this? The Bible said when Rebecca was pregnant, Esau and Jacob were fighting in the womb. They were twins and they were fighting. They were boxing. They were wrestling. And meanwhile, Rebecca didn't have children quickly. For many years, he didn't have children. And Isaac went and sought God and said, God, you made a promise to my father, Abraham. And my father, Abraham, lived up to 100 years before I was born. And my mother was 90 years old when I was born. And you re repeated the promise of my father to me. Why is it that my wife can't conceive? Why is it that my wife is not getting pregnant? And the Lord gave him a promise and the Lord blessed him. And Rebecca became pregnant. Now, every day, these children are boxing in Rebecca's womb. And one more time, Isaac ran back to God. God. It took 900 years for my father to make me. My mother was 90, 90 years old. And I was born at the age of 90, uh, at the age when my mother was 90. And you gave my father a promise that you are going to manifest the promise with me. Now I am married. My wife can't give birth. I came to you and you gave us twins. Now the twins are always fighting. My wife's life is, is, is at risk. Rebecca's life is at risk with the, with the twin always wrestling and boxing in her womb. One more time, God would tell Isaac, listen, these children are two nations in Rebecca's womb. Are you all listening? We are going down to the root of Jacob, uh, of Joseph's appearance in Egypt. If we don't understand it, 
we will never understand what we are going through in our lives. And I will not stop saying it. When I was going to marry, the Lord told me that my marriage is going to be in a manger. So I am not expecting that my marriage will be an excellent one. No, manger, Jesus was born in a manger. Manger is a place of a lesson, is a place of suffering, is a place of endurance, is a place to overcome, is a place to rise, is a place to be on top and never below, above and never beneath. So if anybody is looking at me and condemning me, I am sorry for you because you don't know what God is doing with me. I know because the Lord spoke to me that my marriage will be in the manger. What about you? If yours is excellent, praise the Lord. So sometimes when some of us are going through something, it is not that God is not hearing our prayer. It's not because we sinned. It's not because he stole a, 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 a candy from a candy jar. It is because the Lord is preparing us for his own kingdom for his own righteousness. God wants us to learn faithfulness, honesty, sincerity, to fear God in everything we do and we say. So here come Isaac crying to God and the Lord said, there are two nations in Rebekah's womb. The older shall serve the younger. So that is why they are fighting, because they already know their destinies. And the firstborn is claiming the fact that everywhere in the world, firstborns are respected. Yes, I am firstborn, but I tell you, the younger ones have rise, and I am the one fighting the battle, and they are the one enjoying the, the work I am doing. And it could be your turn too. It could be you also. You are firstborn. What you are going through, the secondborn is rather enjoying. You are fighting the battle and they are enjoying the victory. So God had already spoken to Isaac. Now, Jacob manifesting the Abrahamic promise was not easy. Meanwhile, the Lord had given Abraham a promise. We are going back again to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. If you have it, go to Genesis chapter 15. We can read everything there, but let's go right to verse, verse 13. This is where Abraham will have an argument. Okay, let's see something before we get to this, uh, this, this, this 13. Let's quickly read uh, this, this one to three. Later, the Lord spoke his word to Abraham in a vision. He said, Abraham, don't be afraid. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. You see, I am your shield. Your reward will be get very great. This is in the time that Abraham was going through suffering, challenges, difficulties. 
Verse two, Abraham asked almighty God, what will you give me since I am going to die without children? Eliezer of Damascus will inherit my household. Are you hearing that? What will you give me? I am getting old. I'm about to die. I still don't have a child. I only have Eliezer, my servant, who is in charge of my household. Hmm. Listen to verse three. You have given me no children. So this member of my household will be my head. That means he is going to allow, he was going to give his inheritance to his servants. Suddenly, verse four, suddenly the Lord speak his word to Abraham again. He said, this man will not be your heir. Your own son will be your heir. So here, your own son, which means that God has not forgotten his promise that he has made to Abraham. God will give, even if Abraham is 1,000 years old, God is the creator, the giver. All God wants is Abraham to continue to be faithful, honest, sincere, and dependable. Dependable, honest, sincere, and dependable. Faithful. That's what God is demanding from Abraham. So verse five, he took Abraham outside and said, now look up at the sky and count the stars. If you are able to count them, he also said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. <laughs> then Abraham believed the Lord. You see, he was tested. He did not waver. He did not argue with God. He did not run away from God. He did not curse God. But the Bible says, then Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord regarded that, and the Lord regarded that faith to be the approval of Abraham. What is the trial in your life? What is God saying and what is happening? God is testing your faith, your belief. You ask God for something he gave you. Or he has not given the reality to you. But he is testing you. How long will you work with God? How dependable will you be? You made God a promise. God, if you give me this, I will do this for you. God, if you give me this, I will do this for you. Now God has given you. And now you, oh, you want all the umbrella with all the goodies. Okay? You want the basket with all the goodies but you don't realize that there are still examination for you to pass. There are still trials for you to go through. And Mr. Serpent is also waiting to test you, to tempt you, and to cause you to withdraw your faith from God, to cause you 
to disbelieve God. So Abraham was tested up to 100 years. Sarah was tested up to 90 years. How many years are you? How old are you? How many tests have you been through? How dependable are you? You told God, I will do this for you. I'll do that for you. A little challenge, you run away. Oh, overcoming house is not this. Overcoming house is not that. You run away. Hello, Abraham was tested. Now, I will jump from there. You can read the rest of that chapter on your own. We are going to chapter 13, uh, uh, page 13. Uh, sorry, verse 13. Genesis 15, verse 13. Let's see how the promises included challenge, difficulty, trials. So I always say to people, if you are always getting good prophecy, run away. If you're always getting beautiful prophecies, run away. Because when God was promising Abraham, Abraham's promises came with challenges as well. When God was promising Noah the ark, Noah didn't know that he would not see any human being on the earth again. Anytime God calls you, anytime God gives you a promise, respect the challenge. So if a prophet is always giving you a prophecy of good and beautiful and stadium-packed congregation, remember that a stadium with a packed congregation may have a stampede one day. And the stampede is a trouble that you might not prepare to handle. So verse 13 says, God said to Abraham, you can know for sure that your descendants will live in a land that is not their own, where they will be slaves. <laughs> they will be slaves. They will be slaves. Has God told you to be slaves somewhere? Did you see a dream? that you were slave somewhere and you started cursing God. I rebuke you, get away from me. I cast you out. <laughs> We've all done that, including myself. Your marriage will be in a manger. Come on, God. I've been serving you since I was a, a, a child. You promised me, you promised me. Hello, ask me and I will tell you how painful it is. The bills are unpaid. <laughs> where they will be slaves and they will oppress and they will be oppressed for 400 years. God, how long am I going to live on earth that I will be in slavery for 400 years? Thank God, the children of Israel has paid, they have paid that price for you and me. We don't have to go into slavery for 400 years, but we must make sure that our 40 days does not become 40 years. Obedience, fear of God, sincerity, honesty, faithfulness, dependability, trustworthiness. These are the attributes of God that he wants us to imbibe. 
So here, God is telling Abraham not to Isaac. Isaac has not been born as of the time that God was telling Abraham, your descendants will be in slavery in a land that is not theirs. As much as God was promising Abraham, I'll give you a land for a promise. He will also take them out to a place where they'll be slavery for 400 years. So today I want us to realize something that Joseph finding himself in slavery was the beginning of the 400 years of slavery before the possession of the blessing. God has laid a table before you. He says, the psalmist, oh, it's very interesting, David. He says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Who are your enemies? <laughs> Who are your enemies? What kind of dreams are you having? What kind of pain are you going through? What kind of sickness is afflicting you? What kind of suffering is coming your way? Run back to God. Go back to God. Ask God, why am I going through? Isaac went back to God when Rebecca could not get pregnant. Isaac went back to God when after pregnancy, or during pregnancy, Rebecca was going through challenge. If God has given you a promise and you are going through challenge, this is where you find the interpretation. Whoever God calls must go through a type of challenge, must go through a type of trial, must go through a type of challenges and difficulties, must go through a time of testing your faith, your belief, your covenants with God. So when people say, God, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I say, wow, you have the power to control the covenant keeping God. God is the covenant keeping God. There, I'm the only covenant keeping God. Whatever prophecy you have received, whatever vision you have received, Whatever aspiration is in your heart, is in your mind, is in your soul, is in your spirit. Be careful of the serpentine spirit. Watch and pray. Don't let the serpent deceive you by lying to you because the serpent told Adam and Eve, you will also be like God. The day you eat from me, the day you disobey God, you will be like him. What are we hearing? What prophecy are we hearing? What revelation are we receiving? What dreams are we having? Who is manipulating you? Who is influencing you? Who is telling you lies? The devil said, God knows you will be like him. So today, we have rolled back the curtain to the reason God gave Abraham a beautiful promise, but the person to be in the center of manifestation is now in slavery. And he had the dream that, thank you, that they were in a field binding shift. 
and his sheep stood upright, which means he was faithful, he was honest, he was, he, he was God-fearing, he trusted God, he depended on God. But every other person, there were 12 sons, every other person were not faithful, they were not upright. And because of their unfaithfulness, they had to bow to the one who is faithful, honest, sincere, and upright. Today, I don't know the challenges you are going through. I don't know how you are managing your relationship with God. I don't know how you take our wisdom, garden of wisdom on Tuesdays and garden of knowledge on Sundays. I don't know if you are writing notes. I don't know if you are writing the dates. I don't know if you are applying the knowledge to yourself. Maybe you are the Joseph in your family. Maybe you are the Joseph of Overcomer's house. Maybe you are the Joseph that God is preparing to take Overcomer's house to the promised land. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe you are the next Benihim. Maybe you are the next Rehan Bonke. Maybe you are the next Maurice Cerullo. Maybe you are the next Catherine Kuma. Maybe you are the next Maria Etta Woodward. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Everybody bow down your heads and let's pray. Pray for yourself. Unmute yourself now. We are going into this interactive moment. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself, please. Pray for yourself that you will not forsake God in your challenges. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Rod is the power of correction. Thy rod, the power of correction. Bible studies is the power of correction. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Oh my goodness. Who are the enemies of your life? Who are they classified as enemies? Apply the word of God in my life, O God. So my Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, we thank you and we bless you. That you are revealing the truth to us this day. That you will know the truth and the truth will make us free. That you will understand the truth and walk with you. That even when we come to the shadows of death, we will not be afraid of the shadows of death. And we shall not be afraid of the valleys that is full of serpentine spirits, scorpions, snakes and scorpions. We shall trample upon snakes and scorpions and we shall fear no evil. For thou art with us, for thou art with us. Thy rod and thy staff will comfort us. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Today, like Solomon, we are seeking wisdom in the garden of wisdom. We have come to gather wisdom, wisdom to lead, 
wisdom to direct, wisdom to instruct our lives. Oh Lord, because you are our shepherd, you are our guide and our guide. Oh Lord, help us open our eyes to see and to recognize the wisdom you are giving to us, that we will not fear to gather the wisdom. We will not be sluggish in gathering the wisdom. We will not reject the wisdom, wisdom that you are giving to us in the garden of wisdom every Tuesday. Jehovah God, we will recognize the wisdom. We will identify with the wisdom. We will make the wisdom applicable to every facet of our lives, our dreams, our revelations, all of the word you speak to us, the word of God. Yes, the scriptures. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. Father, we magnify and exalt your name because with you all things are possible. Yes, Lord. You will never leave nor forsake us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So now unmute yourself. Questions or reflection. You either have a question or you want to give us a reflection of what you have learned tonight. What are you taking away with you? Dr. Pauline. Yes, today, my cocoon. Um, I'll give my reflection. Thank you. Go ahead. I would say, first off, I just want to say that this teaching, because of what I'm going through this week, has like touched me in a way because it causes me to like rethink about where I stand and like what was spoken over my life, like when we have service and so on. But what I'm taking from this is that sometimes we go through things because God is preparing us for his kingdom and he's also preparing us to go through life and our destiny. And what like now that like you said it over again, because you always say this, that like not every prophecy is sweet. And if it is sweet, then we should run and so on but like for me because for one of them one of the prophecies that I get is like success and so on and I'm just like you know success is a good thing <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, many, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. but many don't un like many don't understand or know the kind of trials that they will go through especially academic success because <laughs> I am like I'm basically done with my first year and like the way that I'm seeing things I'm like lord this is not the way it's supposed to be and I'm here going back to God like lord you you, you know I don't like to fail you know I can't afford to fail but it's like the fact that I know where I want to be and the fact that I know that as long as I as as long as I have God in the midst that I'll get to where I want to be, then that's all that matters. And truly, this is just a time where God is testing my faith because I truly need to be more dependable on Him. And I'm truly trying and aiming to be more obedient onto Him. And overall. Like, because you know that that passage, like being in the presence, like the table in the presence, that is a, you can really visualize it. You can really visualize it, but to get to that moment, it's not only 
physical work, but it's spiritual work. And it's work that you have to prepare yourself and work hard towards. Because in this walk, it's truly about examining yourself, not only yourself, but like how you are living, how you are like moving or speaking, you know, because every area in Christianity is a test because, you know, God wants to test us and see if like we are ready because at the end of the day, you can ask God like, oh God, what am I going to be? Like, can you show me like years from now? He'll show you, he may lead you and guide you to the, the, the beginning of the journey, but he won't show you the middle of the journey. You may know a little bit about the end, but you won't know what comes in between. So I would say for me, this is just a time of watching and praying and being faithful. And I think everybody who has ears should truly take part in this in this teaching and apply it to life because if you don't I don't know what you're doing <laughs> and so on but that's what I learned and that's what I'm taking oh Amen. praise God shall we clap for Coco let's appreciate her yes 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 very practicable very practicable all right who else question or reflection Question or reflection, who else? Everybody unmute yourself, you are mute. So even if you're talking, I'm not hearing you. Okay. If you're not unmuting yourself, I'm not hearing you. So if I can't hear you, then we call it a good night. <laughs> Okay, since no more question or reflection, shall we share the grace? Wow, I'm not hearing anybody. Are they there or Zoom has become a place of funny appearances? <laughs> Nobody's talking. Okay, so Coco, it seems uh, we are only two on the line. Mm. Nobody else is talking. Everybody has uh, on mute. Uh, everybody else is on mute. Okay, so until they unmute themselves, we wouldn't know whether they are in or out. <laughs> okay, the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us now and forever. Amen. 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 So good night, everybody. We are praying on Thursday. So Thursday on the prayer line at, at 9 p.m. So come on the prayer line on Tuesday, uh, on Thursday at 9 p.m. And then Friday is night vigil. All right. God bless you all and have a good night. Love you. Bye for now. Thank Amen. you. Amen. 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 Amen.